This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Obviously, audiences know you from your time on the Netflix series Love is Blind Season 2. Let's take the audience back just a little bit to the beginning of why you initially applied for Love is Blind and what was that process like for you? It's funny, um, when season one came out, my friends uh, were like, Danielle, this is the perfect show for you because they would make fun of the fact that I like don't have a type. So when it comes to like physical type, if you put all of my axes in a lineup, you would have absolutely, like there's no consistency, you'd be confused. But then if you turned off the lights and heard them talk, then you'd be like, okay, I get it. She does have a type. And so dating is kind of hard when you you know who you gravitate to in ter- terms of personality, but when you don't necessarily have a physical type, because really like, especially in Chicago, it's like a, most people find people on dating apps. And a lot of the times the people would end up liking the most, I almost superficially like swiped left on. And that's, I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to find someone? And so someone had actually reached out on Instagram um one of the uh casting uh directors and we had a phone call um just kind of talking about why I'd want to be a part of the show and um a couple more phone calls uh, some Skype calls and ultimately led me to <laughs> love is blind yeah and the pods are always interesting because it's you hear how many days it is and then obviously you get that condensed into like two episodes right you know what i mean because obviously you have to edit everything down but you get to the pods what's the hap- what happens kind of when you arrive and what's that preparation like for you mentally as you get in there yeah um so you get a notebook every day and in that there is a list of your like pod schedule so you get pod 7 pod 10 um so you don't know who you're talking to you just know which pod you're going to be going into. And until someone says hello, you have no idea. And so that was interesting because you also kind of like, oh, am I talking to this person? Am I talking to this person? And you also don't know who you're going to be talking to the next day. So every day you rank kind of one through however many people are left of who you vibe with the most. And the next day you might not get the opportunity to talk to them, um, even if they're your top choice. And so obviously that, can build up a lot of anxiety before going in. But um, I mean, there's not not really anything in terms of preparation other than really hoping that you're going to be able to have the conversations with the people you want to. So it makes a lot of sense. Now, obviously, there's been several people that have been made fun of for not initially remembering or recognizing the voice. That makes sense to me, because it's like, all right, so maybe that person didn't forget so-and-so's name. They just... Oh yeah. And at first you're dating 15 people for seven minutes, you know? And so you're sitting there with your notebook, like scribbling down as much as you can. So you know who you're talking to the next time. And I'm just like, you know, it's hard and you don't want to be like reading off of a notebook the entire time you're having a conversation either. So it is easy to, you know, maybe like mistake someone's name or, you know, their job. Cause you might be thinking of someone else when there's just so many people back to back to back. 
you and you and Nick hit it off in the pods. What was it initially that made you attracted to him? Because this obviously this experiment is a lot different. As you said, you guys are going in there completely blind. It's just the conversations, which I think is one of my favorite things about the show because it does show the inner side of a lot of different people that maybe you know most people don't yeah. look at when you first meet them. Like you said on a dating app, your first thing you're noticing when you swipe is a picture. You know what I mean? In this instance, you're you know, swiping left or right, possibly on a voice and, and a yeah. person's emotion. So what was it that the initial thing that attracted you there? One was just like, you could feel the energy on the other side. Um, it was funny. We would say that we would know that it was going to be the other person. Like I would know that it was Nick before I heard his voice. Like I just would have this feeling because we had this like energy that was so strong. And on top of that, like you end up talking to people for eight hours some days and from day one, um, even though the dates were seven minutes the first day, some felt like they lasted for 30. And with his, it felt like in a snap of a finger, um, it was over. And every single date that we had, it felt like that. They would say, oh, pods are closed. And we'd be like, what? You know, we always felt like we were running out of time because it, you know, it just moved so quickly when I was with him. And I think it was also having very deep conversations and the reactions to those. And so being kind of not only on the same page with some of them, but also like having his perspective on some of the things where I hadn't gotten that before. Um, and it was interesting too. One of the things that I uh, noticed is that he's the opposite of the type of personality type that I go for, but he's exactly the type of personality that my dad said I needed. And it was so weird at one point it clicked and it's like, dad's always right because he did he had like it was entirely different I was like oh I've been going about everything wrong <laughs> that's funny um one of the more profound things that I found in this show and made me such a huge fan of yours was after that big fight in Mexico it aired on the show you were very vocal and very transparent about your anxiety and your mental health um how hard was it kind of reliving that moment on tv and how do you think that moment shaped who Danielle is today? Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse and something that really triggered me a lot at first. Um, so one, Nick and I weren't actually fighting. Um, so what had happened is before um, going into the couple's party, I was not sick. So him and I, it, they made it look like I was sick for the couple's party. I was not. So him and I were completely ready to go. Um, and then a producer came in last second and was like, Nick is going, Danielle's not. And we were like, that's pretty weird. And I was in incredibly anxious. I was like, why is this happening? And Nick was like, I'm not going either, but ultimately was convinced into going. And he was saw visibly how much anxiety I had. It was like, please have a producer that she trusts here with her while we're filming this. No one was there. I was completely alone. And I got in my head about some things. So the first night in Mexico, filming was shut down. And so we just got to talk about everything that we didn't want to be filmed in the pods. We didn't want other people to hear um, because it was the first time we weren't really rolling. And one, I'm like, did I say too much? You know, that's a lot to throw at someone, but we're engaged, you know, like we took it very seriously. And he told me things too, where I'm like, okay, that's a lot for me to take in. Um, and then in addition to that, in the pods, it's very like, you don't recognize you're being filmed. It's a lot more subtle. And I was in charge of the conversations that I was having. There wasn't really anyone in my ear. And then you get to Mexico and it's completely different. I had a, they switched my producers, um, which drastically impacted my experience um, as well as like, you know, having it be a little bit more produced for lack of a better term. 
So I started getting in my head about all of that. So I had an anxiety attack. I went into the closet because I told them, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I cannot go through the rest of the filming process. So Nick and I actually were trying to leave together that night. So they made it seem like it was a fight between us because of him having a conversation with a girl, but that was entirely not the case. And they knew that like the entire production and crew, like every single person came up when I told them that I wanted to leave my my producer thought he was losing his job and we were begging and begging and begging. Um, Cause I actually refused to be filmed during that time period because I was still so hyper anxious and they sent Nick in with a mic to pick up my voice. And um, he had no idea what was going on. So that's why he's like, what are you, you know, like he was super confused. And once they realized that one, I was alone that entire time too, that I had a panic attack and that I didn't want to film. He actually ripped off his mic. He's like, we're not doing this. But it was him fighting with the producers. And we were kind of scared that they were going to try and make it that way. We kind of like assumed because they're not going to show us like begging to leave or fighting with them. So that entire episode was so misconstrued. So seeing that and having it be such a sensitive moment and edited in a way where, you know, it, it wasn't accurate at all was was really hard for me. It still can be triggering for me because a lot of people hate me for having a panic attack, one. Two, for having it because they thought it was because of jealousy. But ultimately, it ended up being a positive thing. Um, I'm not embarrassed about the fact that I had a panic attack at all. And I am glad that that sensitive moment aired because it did um, kind of allow me to have a community now that I relate with about mental health or realizing that there are other people who have panic attacks like that. So it is a blessing and a curse, but I think without that, I wouldn't have been able to, like, I feel like my life goal is being fulfilled. And I didn't even know that it was my life goal, being able to like really, really, really focus on mental health. So obviously I knew none of this going into this conversation. This is the first time that we've actually physically spoke face to face, but it makes um, makes, I mean, it makes, a, it makes the entire thing of me looking at, cause I said, I mean, this is one of the more things that made me a fan of you was having, it didn't, I didn't care about the reason I still, yeah. you know what I mean? But it, to me, it's like the conversations need to happen more. You know what I mean? Because I said this to you before we got on the air. It's like, you guys are people. My goal with the show is to show Danielle, who is Danielle, not the cliff note version, not the edited version, not the produced version, none of that, because you're going to that story helped so many people. You know what I mean? Even me, like watching that, it's it's not easy being yourself, let alone in front of 50 yeah. cameras or anything like that. So that's that's really beautiful to hear. Um, and, and speaking of that, so that transition from that Mexico bubble, now understanding that Mexico bubble might not have been as much of a bubble per se, yeah. but then moving to your real life, what's that like for the relationship? Because now you're going from a bubble with Nick to adding everything in what was that process like for you so actually pretty positive um we it felt so natural to be living together like it wasn't awkward there was no like arguments we again like we just got along really well and the best times that we had were when we were living together in the cast department not being filmed like if you would have seen and some of the episodes um or some of the scenes didn't air that were like you know, some of the really more romantic and loving things, they just weren't as exciting. Um, and so that, I mean, that was a great experience for us. Um, the difficult thing was that we were both still working full-time. Uh, we both have pretty demanding jobs and you're filming a lot. And so it does make it difficult to have the amount of time 
to continue to get to know each other as much as I wish that we would have. Because in the pods, you're again, you're spending eight hours a day with someone. And so one thing that I think is interesting to put into perspective is when you're in the pods, it's only 10 days, right? But if you're spending eight hours with someone, that's essentially like eight dates. You you go to dinner eight different times, and that might be a, off of a you know a span of eight weeks. And so that condensed timeline does make it seem crazy that you can fall in love with someone. But if you try to like piece it out into how long it actually would have taken to have those conversations or that time um, to fall in love, like that's one of the things. So I'm like, I, I, I was I am madly in love with someone I haven't seen that I met literally three days ago. I, I fell in love like in three days. I'm not kidding. It's, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't live it. Um, and so I think that that also just built the foundation of being like, so comfortable around each other, living together right away. We'll transition into a little bit more serious matter. Obviously things seem good on the surface. Um, you guys were going really well. Obviously things were going well. You guys announced your split last August, I do believe, I think it was. And was it a sudden change or was it something you felt like you saw coming? Um, what was that kind of like for you? Yeah, it wasn't just something that happened overnight. Um, both of us really, really, really wanted it to work. And so we did have these conversations. It wasn't just like, oh, we're doing this um, because it was, okay, is this more of an emotional connection? And I think we came to the conclusion that we just were not compatible, but we did have this thing that was kind of keeping us together. Um, and in a marriage or when you're thinking about having kids or we were like in the process of looking to buy a house and the fact that we didn't feel comfortable doing those things because we didn't know if the relationship was sustainable, you know, it was, it was hard. It was really hard, but it really just came down to compatibility, unfortunately. When you go through a traumatic life event, such as a divorce, I've I've been there as well, so I understand. How do you how did you process your emotions and what kind of <laughs> what kind of, I see you shaking your head already? It's how did you process your emotions and what was that like for you mentally? I'm still I'm gonna cry. I'm still processing them. <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard. Um, because one, like going through a breakup is hard enough, right? And then um having everyone else have an opinion on it, um, not being able to tell my friends and family before the world knew. And of course, some of them I did um, because they knew that it was like a back and forth thing. Um, grieving the relationship. And it was really difficult because him and I stopped talking um, in July and we didn't have one conversation since then. We filed for divorce in August and we still haven't spoke, you know? And so it's really hard coming to terms with the lack of closure. And so there was a really long time period, even though I knew it was the, the right decision that I was in just a straight up denial. Um, and sometimes I still like, you know, can find myself in denial because of the way that we met and, you, and how much we wanted it to work. I was actually just talking with my therapist about this today, to be honest. I think that's why it's so triggering right now. Um, no, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I miss him. I miss the dog. We lived together. We had an actual wedding. Um, and that meant a lot and so it's like something I'm still grieving transparently and there's it comes and goes in waves um but yeah I mean clearly this is how I'm <sighs> no and, and I I appreciate that because it it to personally it feels like it shows this authentic side of yourself that this isn't just you know 
it wasn't just made for TV, right? You know, what I mean? it's not just something that you've seen on TV. Oh my God, they got married in this short amount of time. Of course, it's not going to work. And you have the odds stacked against you before you even go out to the real world. But you said something that I've been trying to make some people realize outside of this reality bubble is the human level and the human aspect of having a relationship in that spotlight and the way it ends. And the backlash that not only you face throughout being on this, but the comments. And can you speak a little bit about that and kind of, you know, speak from a aspect of seeing the hate and seeing the negativity on and what that kind of does to you personally? Yeah. I mean, just so many people being proud and happy for him, for the relationship being over that don't know us. Um, That was tough. Uh, Cause it's like, again, you're already really sad. Um, and then everyone's making assumptions as to why there's rumors about him doing something, me doing something. And none of them were even remotely accurate. Um, and then it's just like, again, like he got a lot of hate, you know, people making negative assumptions about him, people making negative assumptions about me. And I didn't want that, you know, for either of us. And then because we weren't talking, we got into this like petty situation where instead of conversing with one another, we were very, I was being very mature and posting things on Instagram stories or something so that he would see it. He was posting stuff on Instagram stories so that I would see it. And it was like, why can't we just have a conversation? Um, because looking back, I'm like, what were you thinking, Danielle? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was so emotional that I was clearly out of my mind. And that is like my biggest regret is like dealing with it in that way at first, to be honest. Like I'll, I'll straight up say that was wrong. But all right, let's 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 <laughs> talk about some uplifting things here. Um, I've been following you on this incredible weight loss journey, which is incredible. Like you are doing an amazing job. That's it's somebody has I it's so hard. And especially whenever I tell people when you get older, it gets harder. Like it it's so much harder. But what jump started that and how does it feel? Um it it feels great. I mean the thing I've always struggled with body dysmorphia. And I recently talked about the fact that I had an eating disorder when I was in college. Um, I had always been obsessed with food, um, whether it be overindulging, underindulging. And um, after having the eating disorder, I gained way more than I had even lost um, during that time period. And I was very thin. And even looking back now, I see myself as thin, but then I did not. Um, and so I started, um, Nutrisystem because a coworker was doing it, uh, in my first job. And this was a job where we're working till 3am. It was a very, very demanding job. Food was always in the office. And so having someone else to keep me accountable was like very, very, very beneficial and having everyone in the office, like hype you up because they knew how much I wanted it. And so like after a couple of weeks, it just became natural. Um, and being able to keep it off, like I felt defeated. I think there's a lot of you know, mental health aspects of weight that aren't just necessarily correlated with how you look. I think I just felt like I wasn't capable of doing anything. You know, I would feel defeated because I thought I was trying um, and nothing was working. And so that's why um, I, I like did a, you know, a program that was very structured and now being able to keep it off. But I think what I'm even more proud of is the fact that I'm, you know, I go up and down 20 pounds, you know, and I used to obsess over that. But before the show aired, I spent every day um, working on, you know, my self image and self worth. So I didn't have to hate the way I looked on TV. And now I'm like, 
I gained like probably 15 pounds this winter and I like don't care. And I'm like, Daniel, who are you? And I think that's what I'm most proud of is that I've like learned not to like let it get to me too much because in the past, if I were to have like, you know, gained 20 pounds, that is when I would probably restrain myself too much. But now I'm like, oh my God, props to you. <laughs> right. The holidays are the worst. Like you're eating like Thanksgiving, then it's like, then it's Christmas. So it's like, I, at some point just like, you know what? January is right around the corner. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I love cooking and I beg people to come over so I can cook for them because I always make a lot. <laughs> I'm like, well, no one else is. <laughs> What's your, what, it's a fun question. What's your favorite meal to cook? I have a very good salmon um, recipe. Yeah. Oh. Like a Tuscan salmon with spinach and some other veggies. It's very good. Nice. Um, what's next for Denya? I think my main thing is continuing to just focus on the things that I'm passionate about um, online and offline. And so, you know, I'm very passionate about my career um, and that's a huge time suck. And I'm passionate about continuing to talk about mental health. And so I have a snap show called um, Unwritten Rules that I'm like hyper-focusing on some mental health stuff. I Some people might follow me for that. Some people might not. So I want one place where we can, you know, discuss some of the more very sensitive subjects. I think I'm going a little bit more in depth there. Um, in addition to that, I'm going to do something similar with Facebook, um, Instagram, still working on that one. Um, in addition, I think like, I find myself comparing myself to the other girls a lot um, because like, I can't make a career out of this. I'm not a content creator, right? Um, and so that's still something I'm battling is like, okay, I have this platform. I'm grateful for it. I want to take advantage of it. I'm able to have my voice heard, um, in, in a way that it helps people, but I don't, I don't know what to do, <laughs> you know, like I didn't have a TikTok at all before having this, like you should have seen me try to do my first Instagram live. It was really embarrassing. So I'm like, I still need like to learn how to use social media. So I'm like, that's like something that I'm kind of like, you know, struggling with now, but I do have, you know, I just want to continue to make content for um, the things that I hold really close to home. My final question, um, as someone that found love on a reality show, do you still believe that anyone can find true love on a reality show? 100%. Did you just see me crying? <laughs> like, like I, that's a thing is like, I, in the pods, the hardest thing was like an indescribable emotion. Like I genuinely watching the first season, I was like, huh, that, how does that actually happen? And I was like, holy shit. I like literally am in love with someone and I can't call my mom. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. You can like, even though it didn't work out for me, I wholeheartedly believe that you can. Um, before we go, uh, share your social, where people can find you on social media. Uh, my Instagram and my TikTok are D-N-E-L-L-R-U-H-L. Um, and then my YouTube is Danielle Rule, which I'm just now starting to put content, content up on too. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.